0: What's up, Beanie Baby? Welcome back to another episode of... The Spiritual Gaze. I am one of your hosts, Angel.
1: I'm your other host, Brandon. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense.
0: Because that's what we are, explorers of the unknown. Yeah, we don't pretend. The metaphysical.
1: Do y'all think we pretend? Of the mystical. Four years of not pretending. Explorers of fascination. <laughs> you on one tonight. I mean, what else can I be? I don't know. Not on one?
0: You're either on one or under one. Hey-oh. Rather Aye. be on one. I'd rather be under one.
1: Okay. All right. Spiritual case after dark.
0: hmm Boop, boop, pew. boop. Boo-doo-doo. Doo. Should we introduce ourselves? Out of after dark. <laughs> I'm Angel Lopez. I am a writer, a film producer, a astrologer, a teacher, a healer, a queer dealer And recently blonde. Yes, I am recently blonde.
1: Looks so good. It looks so good right now, even like having grown out a little bit. It just, it looks gorgeous.
0: Yeah, I am really... This morning, actually, I woke up and looked at, it and I was like, "Okay, I it feels like it's in a good in between state right now." It really, I is. like it.
1: It really suits you so well.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna keep going. We're gonna reapply next week, and we're gonna do another round. But I think that I'll probably just have one more round in me because then it's gonna be fall, and I just kind of want to go back to my to my roots for the winter. I think so, but I guess we'll see. Who are you that I'm talking to?
1: My name is Brandon Alter. I am a spiritual healer. I am an astrologer and a tarot reader and a mystic. And I teach all of these things, usually with angel. I'm also a writer and a performer. And I am not blonde.
0: You are not. I'm not. But you could be. Hmm.
1: hmm. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could be. I just don't think it would I just don't think it would look as good on me as it looks on you.
0: I don't know. I mean, I think it looks good with people on um, people with your complexion.
1: I don't know. I mean, like I knew it was going to look good on you. I'm the one that like kind of pushed you into doing it. Yeah. And I don't feel like it's going to look good on me. So I feel like I have good blonde instincts and I have to trust
0: them. Okay. I'm not going to push you. But who knows?
1: Maybe I'll wait until like Uranus makes some sort of like aspect to my ascendant and then I'll go blonde.
0: Uh, it comes up later. We have a great, uh, little chat, chatty chat spirit convo with, uh, the amazing Jeff Hinshaw in this episode of we, Cosmic Cousins. Yes. We dig deeply into the, uh, eclipse season that is going on. And, um, it, uh, it, it involved a little bit of talking about my blonde hair.
1: Yeah. Well, it's an
0: so, eclipse season that's coming. It's not here yeah. yet. But she coming. Yeah, but it's all Taurus Scorpio, and I have a Taurus rising. So it does seem like uh, this blonde business came up around that north node passing through my ascendancy. She eclipsed you. But now it's in my 12th house, that north node. So see y'all later. (laughs) Bye.
1: You know, sometimes when people like talk to you about their own personal astrology, and I'm as guilty of this as anyone else. It's like when somebody tells you about their dreams and you're like, uh-huh, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: Do, you are, you just, are you saying I was boring you? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. huh. That's so nice.
1: No, I just mean sometimes people, you know, it's
0: for, it's for Brandon, you. Brandon talks about uh, like
1: 24-7. I said I'm as guilty of this as anybody
0: else sometimes guiltier. Okay. All right. (laughs) So how are you? What's going on with you? Do you want to share with like a little check-in? Yeah, but we'll keep it
1: brief because we have this super size spirit talk with Jeff Henshaw. That's so good. And we really don't want to edit out any of the juiciness for you. And we also have to do a dose of reality because there's just too much to talk about. So too much. I will keep my check-in brief, which is just to say that last week I just had like a week of healings and it was pretty unbelievable. Um, and it was kind of like culminating in this amazing healing session that Angel and I had with this healer and hypnotist named Kike who hails from Monterey, Mexico, and we saw Kike at a Holiday Inn Express by the airport. It was one of the most like unglamorous healings I've ever received in like a basic Holiday Inn Express hotel room with like two beds. Kike speaks only Spanish, so there was a translator there, but we both had like these really significant experiences and I think it just reinforced that like when it comes to healers, like the real deal is usually like very humble and kind of on the down low. So I am definitely feeling shifted, um, in some, in some meaningful ways, but I'm also still struggling with everything that I've been struggling with, you know, like we're approaching the four month anniversary of my mom's death and it, in some ways it feels just like as shocking and as raw as ever. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to our upcoming adventures. Uh, I'm going to be heading, well, by the time this comes out, I will be off the grid somewhere outside of Sacramento, beginning my three-year training program with the Foundation for Shamanic Studies. So I'm looking forward to starting that. Um, And a little anxious. Uh, And then right after that, Angel and I are heading to the East Coast to prepare for our Berkshire's Kripalu Retreat Center, Aligning with Your Inner Guide, Spiritual Gaze, Cosmic Healing Retreat Moment. Which we should just say, I mean, you know, it's like, Two weeks away if you're listening to this when it comes no, out. It's like a week away if you're listening to but this. But you when can it comes still out. join us, I think. Like just go on the <laughs> Kapala think. website and just it's never too late. There's always room for you. So if you're feeling compelled and you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go and be with those gays. I'm gonna go align with my inner guide. Come join us. It's gonna be super
0: special. And we're we're really looking forward to opening up the circle with those that are coming. I know. I'm just so excited to have an East Coast fall fantasy moment. There's like, I saw pictures from Kropalu right now and it looks so gorgeous. All the leaves are turning and falling. It's beautiful.
1: So that's where I'm at. I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just treading water, but I'm treading water in the right direction. What about you,
0: Boo? I'm I'm doing pretty well, I'd say. Yeah, I do feel like um, this past week was like shifting in a lot of ways. Um, I do still feel like I'm uh, trying to move through some like internal bad habits, but for the most part, I feel pretty aware of them when they show up Um, and that's a good thing and just really, really paying attention to like my mind and how it works and how I easily like fall into just like mental spirals about things, particularly in response to like other people And I'm just like, why am I letting this other person's actions, like, work me up so much? Like, I just have to cut the cord and release it and let it be. So just been kind of doing a lot of that work this week and just trying not to, like, yeah, let other people get to me. I think, if anything, out of that healing we did, um, just realizing, like, how uh, easily it is for me to take on other people's feelings and other people's shit yeah Um,
1: that's that cancer moon
0: yeah I just so and my Mars and Pisces like I think I just easily and I have so many 12th house planets sorry to be talking about my astrology I don't mean to be boring anybody (laughs) but I do think yeah like I just easily do and I'm sure a lot of you do too are listening like it's easy just as like empathic people to um, take on other people's stuff and issues and not even realize that you know we are absorbing it and then like feeling some kind of way and it's coming off these things. So it's so important to find really good techniques for yourself to release. And um, yeah, I was able to kind of learn like a really great new process for myself, this sort of waterfall technique that I've just been practicing every day sometimes multiple times a day um, of just really trying to like release other people's energy and like clear mine out so that I'm just like being myself because I've been working really hard on like authenticity of identity lately more than anything. And um, so to remind myself that I can't get to that space or come from that place um, if I'm mucked up by other people and then i'm like apologizing to people for things that i don't even owe them apology for just because like i'm feeling their sense of feeling bad and like just all this stuff so it's been really helpful and good so uh, you've
1: unmucked yourself
0: been trying to unmuck myself unmuck yourself Um, yeah so i wish you all luck in unmucking yourselves as well unmuck yourselves Mm -hmm. go unmuck yourself all right Shall we uh, move it along, move it along Uh, with this episode's Dose Dose of
1: of Reality? So I want to begin by saying, as juicy as Beverly Hills, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills has been, I'm also feeling like I am receiving too much like toxicity and negativity from it and i say this at least once a year like i'm gonna give up these housewives and then i just don't know how to quit you but i'm really feeling like is this additive to my life because it has gotten so vicious and so vile and i don't know if i like getting so riled up by like other people's lives who i don't even know
0: yeah, I think you have to have a sense of humor about it all. I'm having trouble having
1: sense of humor about it because I just like see a lot of hurt people hurting people, and it's hard to
0: be present for. Well, yeah, I think that one in particular has been incredibly um, rough and challenging, so it's totally understandable. Yeah, it makes sense. But that's when you have the wonderful Real Housewives of Potomac...
1: They really do bring the light. ...who
0: ride in and remind you that they are truly the best. They
1: are the best cuz they're just here to give you a giggle and they're making and they're making themselves giggle. Oh yeah. They don't take it too seriously. They know how to like brush things under the rug. I mean, they started the season this last week by taking a picnic under the cherry blossoms Mm -hmm. and they're just all on this blanket and they're just like shooting the shit. And it's like the OGs it's Karen Huger and Giselle and Ashley and Robin Robin Dixon. And you're just like, these women know exactly what game we're playing and they just always, they just always deliver.
0: Yeah. They're like, let's start the season literally by like just getting the four OGs together and just kind of having a little catch up. Before we move on into the chaos of the season. Because yeah. they all know that they're about to like come out of the gate and that they have to like engage in craziness with each other. But at the end of the day, it's all a picnic. It really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so
1: fun. It's so delightful. Yeah, they so, are very delightful. The Real Housewives of Potomac is delight to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills dark because it has gotten really
0: dark. It has gotten really, really dark. I mean, you know, when like Erica Jane is like becoming like a bit of a like moment of levity. That you've really <laughs> entered <laughs> you've into uncharted waters. Yeah. yeah. And she has been the last few weeks. She was, you know, up until like the very end. There were a couple weeks there where she was like bringing some like joyful entertainment.
1: I mean, honestly, and you're not going to like me saying this, but I think the problem is it's just too many cancers it's just too many Cancers in the cast.
0: Mm, mm -hmm. And
1: so it's all, like, very emotional and very sensitive, and you have no one who's, like, bringing the fun, trying to shift the energy. Like, everyone is just, like, really holding on to their hurts and, like, refusing to kind of see things from another point of view.
0: Well, it is interesting that, yeah, you have these two Cancer energies, Lisa and Erica, now essentially, like, at odds with the Capricorn. Kyle Richards. Kyle Richards. And... Um, you really see like the intensity of that polarity and like just how unemotional and hard things can get. Yeah. Totally. When no one's being sensitive to each other.
1: Because you know who is trying to like bring the fun is Garcelle, Sagittarius Queen, but she can't do it alone, you know?
0: No, and then it's hard for her to have fun when like, you know, bots are like Attacking targeting her fourteen year old son. And yeah. then it's like she can't really have fun so yeah there is no real fun to be had
1: there's no fun to be had and also like the best thing about beverly hills was like how rich they used to be and it was just like a lifestyles of the rich and famous well they're still pretty rich but you don't get to see it <laughs> like, you don't get to like see it though like, i know crystal's, crystal's rich and Sun's rich pretty and like fancy, yeah. kyle's rich but like i'm I mean, not getting enough i'm not getting enough I mean, they like had a Birkin bag party the rich <laughs> that wasn't that rich <laughs> Those were used Birkin bags. Get Hermès in there and sell some
0: new oh Birkin gosh. bags and I'll be impressed. I mean, look, I'll, I will actually I wouldn't take any of them cuz I could care less. But, I think Birkin
1: bags are hideous. But
0: by all means, you can give me the funds and I'll take it and I could fund my life for a unattractive. year.
1: Unattractive. Very unattractive
0: bags. I could fund my life for 2 years with those bags. If not long, if not longer. I've seen the way you shop. (laughs) They would would fund it for like a year. (laughs) Not true. But if I had an influx of that money, then yes, I would be like, oh, okay.
1: Um, And then the last of the housewives that we should probably touch on are our Real Housewives of Salt Lake City.
0: Oh, yes. Because they are back as well.
1: They are back as well. It's a tight little crew this year. Because they don't really need anybody else. No. They're all playing for keeps. Again, it also feels a little dark. I mean, Jen Shaw is probably about to go to prison for like, <laughs> like a, a decade. legitimate criminal so in the midst. That is challenging.
0: Yeah, a little challenging. But you're I will like, "Haha, uh-huh, You want to laugh, and then you're like, oh right,
1: right. you're a scam you're artist. You're a scam artist with a really likable TV persona. It's it's hard. Whereas Erica Jane may or may not be a scam artist with a very unlikable TV persona. Right except for these last few episodes where mm-hmm. she's like pretending to like be King Lear. There was this one episode <laughs> of Beverly Hills y'all, you know, a couple of weeks ago where it was like Crystal's like murder mystery birthday party. That wasn't actually a birthday party. She was just pretending to throw a birthday party for the show. And Erica was wearing this like crazy outfit with this like big crown, like oh, kind of like yeah. woven into her hair. And at the end of the evening, um, Dorit comes to like get Erica and she's like, they're trying to leave. And Erica's just like, let them go. And I was just <laughs> like, this is crazy. I was like, you are some sort of like aging patriarch in the medieval times right yeah. now.
0: It was genius. It was, it was a great performance. It was a really good performance. Yeah, very good line readings. So if you had to join one of those casts, which one would it be?
1: If I had to join either Beverly Hills Potomac or Salt Lake City? Yeah. That's really hard. I mean, I would certainly not join Beverly Hills because that just feels like walking into the lion's den. I don't know if I'm quick enough for Potomac. Like, that feels like the most fun place to be, but it also feels like you have to really be on your game, and I don't know how good of a housewife I would be. So Salt Lake City kind of feels like the easiest place to slide into, and I feel like I could make alliances pretty easily with Meredith, with Heather, and with Whitney. So... I think I would join Salt Lake City. What about you? Who would you join?
0: Beverly Hills. Oh, you would? Oh, yeah. Just to get into the fray? Oh, my God. I'd go right in. Just tear it up? I'd, like, host a big event where I'd invite everybody oh, my to God, come. No. Honestly, I'm afraid I'd have, Lisa like, around. a... I'm I'd, scared of her. Oh, I'm not. Really? Yeah, but I have a Cancer moon, so I know how to communicate with her. I'm scared of just like her face. Oh no, I'm ready. Bring it on. I would have an astrology themed party and I would invite them all to like bring some essence of their of their sign. And then, yeah, we'd all, like, sit around. I'd become besties. I'd fall into the Garcelle and Sutton camp. But I would also be able to, like, sit down and, like, have real, like, heart-to-heart teas with Erica and Rena. I feel like I could actually, like, break them down a little bit Well, and be like, but really, do you have to be so hard about things? And I get it. I feel like they'd respond.
1: I mean, I want that for them and for you.
0: But I do feel like Kyle would be my arch nemesis. Of course she would, because she would
1: find you to be a threat. Oh, want to be so fun.
0: So if anyone out there is a casting... <laughs> you want to put a
1: spiritual gay on the Real house of Beverly Hills, Angel Lopez just volunteered.
0: I would not want to be like an astrologer at like, in like one of the episodes, though. You want to be like a friend worst. of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd be a friend of. Me and Faye Resnick. Oh my gosh, yes. Give Faye Resnick a diamond. <laughs> I don't know. She doesn't want it.
1: All right, everybody. That's our dose of reality. Thanks for being here. We love you. We hope you enjoy this episode's deep dive, which gives you um, a really gorgeous introduction into this upcoming eclipse season in Scorpio. So pour yourself a cup of tea, drape a blanket over your shoulders, and get ready for this episode's Spirit
0: Talk. Talk.
1: right gazers we are here in our spirit room with one of our regular collaborators here a fixture in the spiritual gaze community jeff hinshaw and you might remember jeff from a couple of appearances on our program jeff is an amazing astrologer a tarot practitioner jeff is also a teacher and a mentor uh, a writer and a dog dad. So we've both got our dogs kind of settled behind us in our respective spirit rooms, holding down the space. So Jeff, thank you for joining us. As always, we're so happy to have you here.
2: Thanks for having me, particularly for this upcoming Scorpio season. Feels exciting. Yes, juicy.
0: And let's not forget to mention host of Cosmic Cousins podcast, oh, which yeah. we just had the uh, pleasure of being guests on as well.
1: I know, I'm sorry. I just assume. I'm like it's it's just like Jeff Ensha is Cosmic
2: Cousins. No, no, when I was introducing the two of you, I did I probably didn't give you like the full introduction just cuz I feel like my listeners know you and love you already. I love it and I I hope they do. That's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love this, like, melding of of our queer spiritual worlds. I think it's important just, like, creating one big queer spiritual family
0: across the airwaves. Yeah. It's like when yeah. they used to have, like, the, you know, the stars of Golden Girls go on, like, another show and vice versa. Wait, that happened? <laughs> mm-hmm. What other shows did the stars of Golden Girls go on? They live next door to... I mean, I'm aging myself a little bit, but they lived next door to the cast of a show called Empty Nest. And they would go back and forth.
2: Gosh, can I be Sophia? Sure. Absolutely.
0: I'm going to be Dorothy because that's just where I live.
1: All right. Well, then I'll be Blanche because I'm certainly not going to be Rose.
0: <laughs> I can play Rose if you, want to play, if you want to play Dorothy today. I
1: feel very Dorothy
0: today. You are very Dorothy today. <laughs> I'm a little crunchy today. Um,
1: But as Jeff pointed out before we came on here, maybe crunchy and spiky and spicy is a good energy to be in as we prepare to talk about Scorpio season, and particularly this Scorpio season, which is an eclipse season. So we're going to draw Jeff out on all of
2: those things here today. Yeah, I feel like I should have gotten my Golden Girls tarot out. Oh, well, it's never too late. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have the modern witch tarot here with me. And I would encourage everyone listening, since we are going to be tuning into Scorpio, Scorpio is a sign that is connected to esoteric and occult practices. So if there was ever a time to dust off the tarot deck, it is definitely Scorpio season.
1: And before we even get into this particular Scorpio season, how would you talk about just eclipse season in general? Like, What is the vibe of eclipse season?
2: eclipse season is it's almost like what the image that's coming to mind right now is like having something on the back burner that's been brewing all year maybe steeping and eclipse season is when you actually bring it closer to you and and kind of check out what's been brewing Mm -hmm. but the nodes of fate You might have heard them. The North Node and the South Node represent the eclipse axis in your own birth chart. So you can look to the Nodes of Fate to see when the eclipse portals were during the time of your birth. Um, But also, transiting North Node is currently in Taurus and the South Nodes in Scorpio. And so this axis has been activated throughout the entire year, since the beginning of this year. And so eclipse season is a time where we are gifted opportunities to grow and evolve. We have been this whole year. And so for some of us, we've been feeling the themes of Taurus and Scorpio quite strongly. But when it's eclipse season, that's when the things may actually boil, you know, it might actually come to a head at that moment in time. Um, But I do find eclipse season can really activate us and sort of like, almost like a fight or flight response is kind of how I felt it. Um, I do have North Node and Aries, so maybe that's also because that's how the eclipse energy I came in with. Um, but I find that during eclipse season, really grounding is important, and maybe being lighter on the ritual, these sort of things. Um, but yeah, it's a time that we really get the opportunity to grow and evolve. So it's it's an exciting time of the year,
0: and it seems like that evolution comes with because of the. The nodes and what they're uh, offering up. What What's your just in your words, like your take on on the nodes? Yeah, I
2: think of the South Node as this deep well of you know past experiences. Uh, so it can represent in our own chart where where we're coming from and the gifts that we have inherently. Um, and so there's also this you know, kind of slippery slope energy to the south node too, that we can get pulled in to karmic patterns wherever the south node is. So there's an the opportunity to release. I often think of that's like a really good keyword for the south node is release. You know, you could think of like putting like a plate of food that you're not finishing and putting it in the compost. There's a composting feel to the south node. And then the north node is represents this place where we grow. And evolve, and it might not come as naturally, but if we put the work in, and particularly now it's the Taurus North node, there is a lot to say about hard work for stability at this time, which we'll get into. But yeah, so that's kind of how I work with the nodes. Um, How about you? That's a nicer
1: way of... I like compost, because I always talk about the South Node as like the cosmic toilet bowl. (laughs) Angel doesn't like that. So I feel like compost is actually a little bit more generative.
0: How about the cosmic loo? The cosmic loo? Sure. I think think the
2: compost, because there's a sense of like, whatever we're transmuting in the South Node is all to go towards the North Node. Right. Yeah. There is that generative quality to it.
1: Do you feel like sometimes... Things disappear into the South Node, too, though. Like, for example, as somebody Uh who has Saturn pretty close to my South Node, sometimes I feel like Saturn hides in that South Node, like kind of like slips in. And then sometimes, Uh like, it's easy for me sometimes to like skate over my Saturn sometimes. And then there are other times when like Saturn pops out of the South Node and it's like, you really have to deal with me right now.
2: Wow. Yeah, I've never, I've never put it quite like that before, but it makes sense to me. And particularly, I think I was talking about this in our last conversation. The South Node's been transiting my Scorpio midheaven, and this has been a very private time for me. Oh yeah, your it's almost like a kid in the South. Yeah, mode. totally. And because the invitation, the North Node towards the IC is more about grounding down into home, to family, into myself, into my body. And it's almost like I needed the space from having a prominent public appearance in order to do that. Uh, So I've kind of disappeared a little bit. I've kind of ghosted. So South Node over the Midheaven, that tracks with that word. So let's talk about
1: this particular eclipse season. So... We've already gotten a taste of it because Taurus season was also an eclipse season. We were hanging out with the sun and the in the north node, but now the sun is hanging out with the south node and Scorpio season. So what are you what are you picking up about what we're about to head into?
2: Yeah. So I have a lot of different tools that I use to tune into the energy. And it's really interesting because I'm like, okay, the north node is in Taurus. We're building momentum towards the Taurus full moon. Let's talk about Taurus. And then Everything, all the divination tools that I use, we're like, no, we're talking about Scorpio. (laughs) Uh, So um, a few of the things that I have, I have um, glyph dice that I like to roll. They're 12-sided dice. And so one dice is planetary glyphs, one is the twelve houses, and one is the twelve astrological signs. Cool, that is cool. And so I, I tuned in. I probably spent like twenty minutes before gathering with you all, lighting candles and pulling cards and these sort of things. And what what we received from the dice roll is we got the South Node,
1: hmm.
2: we got the eighth house, oh and Sc- okay, hey, and Scorpio.
1: Oh my goddess! Wow, <laughs> wow, wow,
2: wow. So that came through strong because it could have been any of them. You know, it right. could have been Uranus, which is yeah. also. At play right now, and Taurus. Um, and then another tool that I have, this one's a little bit more creative, but it feels like divination to me. And I did this on the Taurus uh, new moon earlier this year, back in April or May. So I have this green jar that um, I don't know if you can see it. this green jar that I sat with underneath of like redwoods uh, and wrote down channeled phrases or words on two hundred pieces of paper. Um, when tuning into the South and Scorpio, the North and Taurus. And so all these words are somehow connected to that axis. And I call upon it when I'm meditating on this nodal axis that like sits like in a very special place in my apartment. And I don't bring it out too often, but I pulled some phrases for this Scorpio season for us from it. And usually the phrases, I actually didn't remember writing some of these down. Usually the phrases I get from it are very grounding and practical and nurturing, but the phrases that we got are not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. excited to hear these phrases. Yes. And I was just going to pull three, and then I was like, mm, one more. Ooh, one more. So we have five. Yay. The first one is psychic love. Mm. Which feels, I mean, that feels both Scorpio and Taurus to me. Taurus is a sign connected to love. It's ruled by Venus. And we could say Taurus has psychic tendencies, usually that come through the five senses that activate and awaken the psychic receptivity. Uh, But Scorpio is more of a sign that we might connect to psychic abilities. And particularly, Scorpio is passionate. It's ruled by Mars. And there is a sense of desire in Scorpio. So psychic love is really interesting, particularly because there's a lot of other placements in water this Scorpio season. Uh, Jupiter will be re-entering Pisces. Neptunes in Pisces right now. We also have Black Moon Lilith in Cancer and Pallas in Cancer conjunct Black Moon Lilith in Cancer. Mm. So there's a lot around healing, family dynamics that are going on with this Black Moon Lilith and Pallas in mm. Cancer. Um, and then Scorpio brings in sexuality, even secrets, the things underneath the surface and Pisces brings in that more universal love of Forgiveness and compassion. Uh, So, when I see psychic love, there's a lot of opportunities for us throughout this whole year, but particularly during Scorpio season, to remove ourselves from situations that may have us falling back into these patterns of shame or guilt. And so, what I'm what I'm feeling right now is that secrets within a family dynamic can create an environment for guilt and shame. And so. We have this opportunity to consciously release ourselves from shame from guilt from fear particularly around our sexuality releasing karmic ties to things you know this can actually happen by making a conscious decision not to engage with a person that might trigger certain points for you Mm -hmm. um for some of us, Scorpio, is, it is connected to death. and so it, there's been a lot of major passing away of people this year that Scorpio season will likely bring up to the surface. and there's also a release that happens there. Um, you know, any kind of past karma that's been dwelling, that there's this opportunity for us to step up into our power which is Scorpio, when we allow ourselves to release any kind of binds, this can be karmic ties to people, but it can also be to codependencies like addiction, um, compulsions. And so it's important when working with Scorpio to become conscious of these things because it can dwell in the unconscious and become really rebellious if it's not tended to. And so taking a real look at where we have desires um what what love means to us, psychic love. It's it's almost like this opportunity for us to reclaim our sexuality, which I haven't I've been feeling this kind of bubbling in my own life. Be curious what some of this brings up for you too. Um, and I kind of want to add in the next phrase. Do it, be messy. Oh shit. <laughs> Which seeing it with psychic love is interesting uh, because I think if I, I I saw that phrase on its own, I would think of it more in the earthly realm, but there's something about like just allowing yourself to set yourself free. Um, there is a rebelliousness to Scorpio and the more we can become conscious of our own inherent rebellion, the more that we can come into our power and in our embodiment. And so it's like letting go of what people think about you, learning to let go of control and trust in your desires, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all of this is, it does feel spicy to me and it's, um, not my gen, like my usual message that I would be giving to the collective, but it's wanting to come through right now. So I th-
0: love that.
1: Yeah. I love all of this. I can't wait to hear the other three, but I am pinging on something because you're talking about within the family, but I'm mm-hmm. also thinking about the United States as a family mm-hmm because this second eclipse is happening on a big election on November 8th. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking about the fact that we've got Black Moon, Elizabeth, and Palace conjunct in Cancer, and that mm-hmm. the United States is a Cancer. Oh, yeah. So it's like, okay, like, we are all this, we are seeing the patterns. Palace Athena always helps me, like, see the patterns of, like, all the repressed stuff that you're talking about to, mm-hmm. like, heal this greater family of the United States. Mm-hmm. And and it's going to get messy, probably, but that's the only way through.
2: Yeah. What's interesting to just kind of look back, I tracked Lilith's journey in cancer and the day that the Roe versus Wade decision was leaked, or not the decision, but the information around it was leaked was the same day that Lilith entered cancer. And so Lilith, there's a lot of grief, particularly in cancer around women's reproductive rights, Mm -hmm. mothers, Um, And then the day that it was overturned was the day that the sun entered Cancer and was lining up with Lilith in Cancer. So this Scorpio season is, there's a trine going to be happening whenever scorpio is going to be at the same degrees as lilith which i have the chart here so um on the scorpio new moon palace is in cancer at the 20th degree and lilith is in cancer at the 21st and so since palace has entered cancer we've kind of gotten a little bit more clarity around it and also palace is connected to things like justice as well for sure yeah so there is that whole like cancerian family stuff going on so it does feel like you know getting really the birds eye view palace of family dynamics and and healing that and so i love that you're bringing it in collectively to the united states as a whole um the the phrase that i wrote down in my little notes here that came through strong was secrets within the family create an environment for guilt and shame mm. and so it's interesting to think of the family as the like the whole collective unit yeah, too the and the micro.
0: Yeah, and also just what's jumping out to me too and everything that you were saying um, was everything about like rebellion and really needing to get in touch with like your own personal desires and things. It feels like it's really also calling on the Uranus in Taurus <laughs> aspect of all of that, which is interesting when you think of it in contrast to the collective, right? The need to really stand up um, for your authentic beliefs um, you know, to stand in your rebellious nature, um, not only just for yourself, but yeah, in these familial dynamics or larger cultural uh-huh. dynamics. Um, so it does feel, yeah, like really valuing our uh-huh. rebellious self <laughs> is, is also just like part of this boiling pot
2: that, that's going on yeah and it's interesting uranus and taurus and i'm just thinking about you angel how you actually connected you going through your dyed blonde ambition hair (laughs) as the north node transiting through your first house and it can go through the fashion of taurus and through the body and so finding outlets to allow ourselves to embody the rebelliousness that we have within through what we choose to adorn our body with and the rituals that we choose to partake in how we engage with the earth the art that we choose to have around us the jewelry that we choose to put on us and so i'm even thinking of you brandon your mother had a lot of jewelry and she was a taurus a double taurus and And, an insane amount of jewelry (laughs) and you're honoring her life too by connecting to that jewelry and so there's the scorpio polarity to the taurus but there there is almost like yes we can reclaim our sexuality we can reclaim our ancestors uh, through how we choose to embody and connect to the earth Uh, it's it's interesting energy to to be in but i do I do find that this has been themes that have been kind of weaving through this whole year, but now is kind of where I'm like, oh, fuck that. Like I'm going to show up exactly as I want to and how I feel within myself. I'm not going to, there's no more people pleasing anymore. Preach. Yeah. So this energy also feels like it could be a little confrontational too. Like if we find ourselves in, in scenarios that, aren't in alignment with the person that we're evolving into so just being mindful of that too you know there's definitely so this is another of the keywords um healing isolation
0: Mm -hmm.
1: healing isolation i like that that works both ways like are we healing the isolation Mm -hmm. or are we receiving healing through isolation
2: I thought the same thing. And it could be both. What are you leaning towards?
1: So, like, personally, I'm feeling that it's healing through isolation Mm -hmm. and that you have to pull yourself out of the family or pull yourself out of that residual pattern or that trauma in order to give yourself the space and time that you need. Mm -hmm. But on a more global level, because I do think everyone is still feeling so isolated. Like we're still, like we're still dealing with COVID stuff. We're still dealing with feeling isolated like based on countries or based on gender or based on what have you. So on a global level, I feel like we're healing isolation and like trying to like break down the boundaries and this like sense of the little bubble. And I also feel like social media and the internet is actually so isolating because we're all just like these like little profiles or like these little avatars like bumping up against other profiles. But it's 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 a type of connection, but it's not as nourishing. As the connection I think our ancestors
0: enjoyed. So, right. Well, yeah, it's not um, as connecting. I feel like, yeah, what just came to mind of like, you know, we've we now exist in this like swipe life existence, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're just kind of like swiping past and through everyone else's <laughs> expressions oh. and experiences. You yeah. Know? Maybe you like pause for a moment and you're like, oh, that's cute. Okay, continue
2: on. You know, mm-hmm. so it's hard to really like, deepen um into connection while at the same time we're more connected than we've ever been right right
1: yeah but are we to me it feels like snack connection not meal connection Mm -hmm. because like when somebody like pops into my dms or you know comments on something like it's like a little hit you know like it's a little snack like i've just like had a couple of nuts but it's not like the meal like i'm not sitting down and getting fed off of that like when i go and have a long conversation with a friend or go and have a meal with somebody and I actually get to exchange. I'm Mm -hmm. totally tripping on, maybe you saw it on my Instagram, but there's this meme of (laughs) Winnie the Pooh and (laughs) Rabbit and Tigger and they're all like draped in blankets drinking tea. And it's like, I want whatever that lifestyle is. Like, Mm -hmm. I just want to like be draped in a blanket drinking tea with like my besties, you know? Like That feels super nourishing to me. And I haven't had that in a really long time because of the isolation.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Is making me, well, one, we're kind of doing that right now, even though we're not we in person. Good. I'm going to pour my tea right you now. You have your actually. tea here. I'm <laughs> going to put a blanket it, over my shoulders and that'll, that'll help me <laughs> reveal to this. Sorry if this is loud. I'm actually pouring tea now and I'm drinking it out of my spiritual gaze mug, yes. which I bought during Taurus season last year because Taurus wants us to invest in things that are in alignment with our values. Well, thanks for your investment, honey. <laughs> so this Taurus full moon, I think, is speaking to the healing isolation. Uh, it's, pretty, it's a pretty wild Taurus full moon chart. Oh, yeah, it is. It's insane. It, it's the sun at the 16th degree of Scorpio across from the full moon at the 16th degree of Taurus and Uranus is at the 16th degree of Taurus. So this full moon, November 8th, which, Brandon, you were saying this is election day, is exactly conjunct uh, uranus and then the north node of fate is at the 13th degree of taurus but what else is going on here that's really interesting is that saturn's in aquarius speaking of isolation Mm -hmm. and it's making a t-square with the sun and the moon so saturn has been in aquarius since the start of the pandemic really start of social distancing almost to the day saturn entered aquarius in the middle of march and that was when there were orders put out that We needed to wear masks and not to gather with people. And so Saturn rules, restrictions, Aquarius, the collective, humanity. So it's interesting because Saturn in Aquarius is also there to give us space from each other so that we can heal. And I think that's important to remember. While at the same time, the isolation, we need to also connect with people. And so we're also healing that isolation too. But there's that sort of friction on this full moon. But this is Saturn is stationing direct right at the start of Scorpio season. And it's making its its last transit through Aquarius and will enter Pisces in March of 2023. And so in some ways, if we want to be predictive, that might be when a lot of the social distancing and mask mandates that sort of passes on and we start to shift more towards new themes with saturn and pisces so when i see healing isolation it does bring an awareness to that saturn and aquarius any thoughts with that t-square with y'all i mean
1: i always look at every t-square as a grand cross i'm always interested in like what's the fourth leg you know Mm. and that's where i always and to me it always feels like a slingshot so it's like all that that. energy gets coalesced and then it gets like so i'm looking to leo to like relieve whatever it is Mm. Um, and like looking to the, the Leo part of my chart and encouraging everyone to look to the Leo part of their chart at like that 16 degree point, because like, that's to me where all of that energy can go, what like it's going towards. Um, so for me, like, it takes me like back to the heart. It mm-hmm. takes me back to like, what do I want to create? Mm-hmm. And because the Saturn and the Scorpio and the Uranus feels like a lot of like destruction and release and tear down. I think it's important that we not lose sight of like, what are we also wanting to like bring in at the same time? And so to me,
0: that's like Leo, like what are we creating from our hearts, you know? I love that. Yeah. And it does feel like there's an invitation there to really like lean into what have we learned about our current transformation? You know, what, what can we take moving forward? I like hearing what you're saying about really tying in that Saturn and knowing that we are, Kind of entering like you know the last long leg of this saturn through aquarius race and what what will you take from that for yourself you know if if we are about to kind of evolve into like a a new phase of you know of being in in society and our relationship you know within that for ourselves just personally like yeah, how are you going to choose to exist in in that space now,
2: you know? Yeah, there's something about social responsibility here, too. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about stepping into our power, listening to our desires, stepping into our sexuality through our fashion and through our values and how we choose to embody ourselves, Saturn and Aquarius is also saying, and how is this helping to build a society for the future that we want? Um, how are you taking social responsibility here? Um, it's powerful. Like if I saw this in someone's birth chart, it would be. It feels like someone who's really a leader in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There is something that always feels like very shamanic, though, about a Taurus full moon. Like it's connecting mm-hmm. us to. Like the spirit of the physical Mm -hmm. um yeah it's less about the buddha and the tree under which he sat you know and like nobody ever talks about that tree that bodhi tree you know (laughs) yeah that was really
2: that was the unsung hero of that whole narrative Mm -hmm. Um, yeah like trees are here to support us like to process our grief i always think about that like the flowers that we bring to the scorpio grave Mm. flowers are the Taurus. like the Mm. beauty of the earth is here to to support us in whatever release and transformation that we're going through, whatever death and rebirth. And so this Taurus North Node is like, I've been really connecting it to me really going on hikes, long hikes in nature with my dog, who feels very Taurus to me. And the work that it takes to be in relationship, whether that's with a dog or with a lover, Mm -hmm. that's the hard work of Taurus. And Taurus, I often think of as like, the most beautiful rose garden that you've ever been to but at the same time that takes a lot of money it takes a lot of work and landscaping to make that a reality and so continuing to focus on this north node is continuing to show up to stable relationships committing to whatever it is that you've been building uranus might have us feel like we want to like break free from it but we are being asked to be more practical in our decision-making be more reliable with the ones that we love and care for and as an Aquarius this has been really challenging for me to have these nodes of fate square my Aquarian energy because my Aquarius just wants to be free I'm like now I have a dog I have to stay where I am but it this is part of the evolution right now is that deep unwavering torian love of that consistency of showing up every day and that heals the nervous system and it also heals the scorpio side of our chart there's a lot of you know when you fully commit in a relationship there's a death to the ego and there's a death to the old you i'm a dog dad now you know that's a new chapter in my life Through that unwavering commitment, and we're also in a lover's ear, so a lot of this could be speaking to our relational dynamics. All right, I'm so
1: curious. What are the there? There are two more phrases.
2: Have we gotten through? You said there were five. Yeah. So So we we have have psychic 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 love, love, be messy, messy healing isolation. Okay. Indestructible beauty. Ooh. I mean, these are some like. These phrases have not shown themselves until now. Wow, <laughs> I love it. They're not very simple phrases, I don't indestructible think. Indestructible beauty. I'm getting a little bit of Uranus and Taurus there. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, she's giving share. Hmm. That yeah, she's an indestructible beauty. <laughs> hmm. Indeed. And then the final phrase—it's just a word. It's change, which. We could say for eclipse seasons, that's when changes right, happen. I, I first
1: and foremost just have to say I love this ritual that you've performed. What an amazing ritual. And it reminds me a little bit about how the Sabian symbols came to be. Oh, yeah. Do you work at all with the Sabian symbols? I've dabbled. <laughs> they feel a little outdated.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, they do.
1: <laughs> Feels like maybe we should channel some new Sabian symbols. So mm. I'm going to pitch that. I think we should get together mm-hmm. and we can do it. You know, it happened in San Diego. They did it at Balboa Park in San Diego. didn't know that. So maybe... Isn't that you from? Yeah. So maybe yeah. when the nodes move into Aries, North Node Aries, mm-hmm. South Node Libro, we should gather together. We should go to Balboa Park and we should channel some new Sabian symbols. I'm down
0: for that, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a revolution right there I can sign up for.
2: This, I mean, the the ritual of writing phrases down on pieces of paper under the redwoods, putting them in a jar, that, like Taurus when we're evolving from Scorpio to Taurus, it wants to take that psychic occult wisdom of Scorpio and bring it into the earth, whether it's through altar building or ritual. And we got to remember, Taurus is the Hierophant in the tarot. And the Hierophant is the keeper of esoteric and occult wisdom, which, oh, this is Taurus. It's through the ritual of gathering. And in the modern witch tarot, this figure has beautiful flowers on her head and a beautiful scarf. and. She's barefoot and she's leading people in, in some sort of gathering, especially with Uranus and Taurus right now. I've noticed a lot of the Taurians that I know are bringing people together. There's something with Uranian energy that's about groups of people. Someone I worked with this morning, it was around this axis. There was Scorpio rising with the Taurus on the descendant, and they at this time are getting. Um, their PhD to be a therapist that uh, holds space for psilocybin. Um, they're doing psilocybin research and working with clients with plant medicine. But this feels like Scorpio Taurus to me that access mm-hmm. is the earth of the medicine of the plants and the Scorpio going into the underworld.
1: Yeah, the mushroom is the hierophant. It holds the keys to all of that esoteric psychedelic
2: knowledge. Yeah, you're making me think of a deck that just recently came out. One of my students created it. It's called Be With Your Body Tarot. Mm, And the higher font in that is like sitting amongst uh, mushrooms. That's like who they're they're teaching with is the mushrooms instead of people.
1: That makes sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Or maybe they're being taught by. Yeah, totally. And they're like holding the earth in their hand. So... Yeah, you have the North Node and Taurus in your chart, right, Brandon? Yeah. So that square that you're not loving
1: this mm-hmm. year, that's my life girlfriend.
2: Really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm this really is your not,
2: nodal return. Have, yeah, I have any return. insights or downloads about what that's felt like?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember having a reading with Ann Orderly in like February and being like, What do I do to like honor my nodal return? Like, how do I ritualize it? And she was like, Honey it's just going to happen like you're not going to be able to miss it and unfortunately i really think it was like so much about my mom passing yeah. like you know this is a what is it like your nodal return is like every 18 and a half years you mm-hmm. know like it's such a major cycle and of course my mom being a double taurus and mm-hmm. so i i feel like that's really what I've been working with. And then, of course, like South Node and Scorpio, and I'm dealing with like the messiness and the pettiness of like inheritance and Mm -hmm. money and taxes and bureaucracy and family. And it just feels so challenging. And like, you know, because of my natal Saturn at 27 Scorpio, which is conjunct the South Node, oppose the North Node, squaring my Sun, it's like all of it is being stirred up. And yeah. And so I'm just, so yeah, so so that's where I'm kind of like, well, like, okay, Scorpio season, like, I'm ready for you because it can't be any worse than what's already been <laughs> happening for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll actually be healing and and freeing. Stabilizing. and Yeah, way. maybe I'll find some, and, and the ability to release some of what has
2: been accumulated by my heart over the last several months. Yeah, and I think that is a really great example of how the nodal access is, it's doing its work throughout the year, and it's eclipse season where maybe we actually turn the garbage disposal on and start composting and getting it moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it can be a time where we are like clearing things out and creating space for new growth, new life to come in. Um, and yeah, you bringing up like the inheritance. This is also a Scorpio, right? Is the inheritance, it's our debt. And then Taurus is a financial placement of. Of growth. So that's also themes that could be coming up for many of us too. Yeah. I have like a little altar set here. And it just so happened that I paid for something last night with my credit card, which I haven't taken my credit card out in like six months because I'm trying to pay off that debt. And so I have all these tarot cards, the dice, the little pieces of paper, and then my credit cards out here too. And I was like, I think I'm going to leave that. That feels right. (laughs) Um, And part of what I was buying on my credit card is kind of connected to this um so my dad's turning 70 he's a scorpio and i made the conscious decision not to go home for this birthday gathering and a big part of that is connected to me reclaiming myself and my power that family doesn't come visit me and i'm always expected to be the one that goes home to visit my family and i was like i want to go on a vacation this year and if i take this trip i might not be able to uh, and so i i booked myself a little lodge cabin uh with a lover for that weekend instead here in morgan oh my amazing. credit
1: amazing good for you yeah
2: that feels very scorpio it does I'm very scorpio taurus yeah well he's yeah, a scorpio you and your too. lover
1: in the log cabin
2: he has the same big three as my dad which is really interesting Hey, oh, <laughs> daddy issues. <laughs> yeah, I say, do we want to go there? Yeah,
0: <laughs> well, you chose one daddy over another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I don't want to roll over the indestructible beauty, in no, there, right? Because I feel like there is something really interesting in that for me. It like brought up this sense of like time, which Saturn obviously also governs, and mm-hmm. that you know, there can be something around the sense of like, especially just from like a cultural perspective that like, you know, as we age, perhaps our beauty diminishes or, you know, devolves or what have you. And the idea of like trying to find ways to shift and evolve our own personal relationships with beauty and and just with ourselves and even just obviously, you know, you mentioned like me and like my hair and bringing that up. And I think I, when we talked about, it, I talked about like just needing to even on some level, see myself differently in order to feel a little more in connection with like my personal evolution. That there is a sense of like, every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh yeah, that's me now. And, and even, you know, like I pierced my ears this year, which is something that like. Me too.
1: Oh, see, look at that! Really, your ears were pierced before this? Mm-mm. Oh my goddess!
2: Isn't it amazing? I actually did it right when the North Node lined up with Palace and Taurus, because I think of Palace as like piercing wisdom. Mm. Mm. Oh, I love that. It was that. a little ritual I did. I mean, you, know. you didn't do it yourself? Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> I also got a new tattoo from a Taurus who does ceremonial tattooing, and so she picks a part of your body Whoa. that correlates to something that you're healing and so this i this is the lung meridian here and Mm. she channels a symbol for you and it actually looks like juno and vesta's glyph coming together wow has some significance for me but um she has she's a taurus with a a scorpio rising and she does ceremonial tattoo work so this is like when you were saying there's like a shamanic feel to this axis like i feel that with people with taurus and scorpio
0: well and there's something interesting too even i feel like so you know then yeah like now having like uh, pierced ears or even just like we've yeah deepened our relationship with jewelry (laughs) even more this year but like there's something so like ceremonial now too Mm -hmm. to like preparing myself in a way that like i didn't have before Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. even with my hair i feel like you know i'm like Doing, you know, specific types of washing and using specific types of things, you know, and like doing all this stuff in a way that feels much more purposeful as opposed to before. And and I think on some level, I didn't have as good a relationship with my own sense of beauty. So I would find ways to just like quickly get through the process of trying to beautify myself or what have you, as opposed to now having to be like much more intentional. about
2: it yeah it's reminding me of my grandmother was a Taurus rising and she had her rituals every night of putting her lotions on and you know she had all this story too but that's what it's making me think of is having uh, that extra time in your day where you are connecting to your physical body and it's interesting how particularly like for me as like a queer gay man that having earrings somehow speaks to people's projections of my own sexuality or their own shadows or mm-hmm. it does speak inherently to the Scorpio side of our chart um, as well, but it's a little bit underneath the surface. But for me, I was like, I, I want to express my queerness a little bit more. And yeah. we can do that through our body.
0: Yeah. You know, obviously the body itself is destructible.
2: So is the indestructible beauty also the soul? I think so. Oh,
0: yes, it is. Mm.
1: But also, I mean, when I'm like, okay, what can't be destroyed that's beautiful? The soul. Song. Mm. Right? You can't destroy a song. You can't destroy a story. You can't destroy, like, a a feeling or a memory. You can't destroy a, a relationship. I mean, you can try, but once there's a bond at least for that time when the bond is there, you can't like, you, you can't erase
0: that. Well, somebody can do something terrible and destroy that relationship. So. But, well, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, though.
1: But, but for that period of time, the relationship was there, right? right. So like yeah. our memories, our connections, in some ways are indestructible.
0: Well, yeah, they're all like energetic imprints, you know, like in that you can't really destroy that, you know, the imprint of something.
1: It makes me think about... Something a teacher of mine always talks about, which is like, what do we take with us when we die? And aren't those the things we should really be paying attention to as we live? Like, what goes with us through the veil? And to me, I think it's the indestructible beauty. Mm. And what a perfect season, Scorpio season, opposing that Taurus to really start to pay attention to like okay what will go with me when i die and am i and am i spending time cultivating that nourishing that polishing that
2: yeah i mean even coming back to the example of me feeling the tourist north notice really committing to being a dog parent and i feel the karmic connection that we have and the connection that we have can never be destroyed and there's something about Fully committing to something, even me committing to living in Portland and buying furniture, which Taurus rules over furniture and these sort of things, it inherently has me face my own mortality in many ways. Mm -hmm. And part of me is like, oh, I've I've, I've been like chasing, like running away from this feeling of my inevitable doom by moving to all these different cities and bopping around. And now that I'm here and grounding, I'm actually facing this reality that we will all face at some point and that feels like the Taurus Scorpio polarity yeah like when you are tending to your garden those plants will die it's part of the cycle of life
0: right but if you just like pack up and leave the garden you're like well I don't know if they lived or died I just remember when they were beautiful and (laughs) meanwhile they're like I need water
2: yeah (laughs) yeah so, how are we nourishing ourselves at this time? Taurus wants to know. And you, Scorpio, rules over the anus too. So there's this kind of releasing too. Um, what are you putting in your body, and what what kind of soil is that creating? So the the release aspect of Scorpio, I think, is is important. And so, an affirmation I have for us is, "I release the past with joy." Taurus is joy. Scorpio's release. Release the past with joy. I release the past with joy. And so just noticing what that brings up for us, I think is great because this is fixed energy. There might be parts of us that are resistant to that and breathing into whatever that resistance brings up for you, I think might reveal what this nodal axis could be illuminating for us. Yes, tweet, tweet.
1: Well, Jeff, you're brilliant. Thank you so much. You have given us and our gazers so much to chew on and to meditate on. And I'm just so grateful to know you and to have you in our lives.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor to connect with you as always. Queers,
0: give it up. Hero icon (laughs) legend, Jeffrey Henshaw. (laughs) Will you just tell
1: everybody how to find you, how to connect with you? What sort of amazing offerings you have going on right now?
2: CosmicCousins.com or on the IGs, Cosmic.Cousins is great. And I'm currently, I am taking applications for one-on-one mentorships for starting in January of 2023. And that's been my primary focus right now. Um, I'm opening up for the first time two-year mentorships. I'm going deeper into my craft and into my relationship with the students that I'm working with. So if you're feeling called to deepen your connection to both tarot and astrology and have check-ins with me every other week or once a month, then I'm here. That's, that's what I'm feeling called towards right now. Beautiful. Amazing.
1: <laughs> All right, babes. Well, thank you. And I'm sure we'll have you back again real soon. I can't wait. I love that Jeff Henshaw.
0: The best.
1: I mean, so wise, so witchy. Mm -hmm. What an amazing ritual. Just just like write down like a bunch of like channeled words and phrases and like put them in a jar and just like pull them out when you need
0: them. I know. So adorable. I feel like that's like the real deal like, I'm just going to lay myself under this tree and channel messages. Yeah. She walks the talk. Love it. All right,
1: kitty cats. Let's finish this episode with a tarot card for your journey. So, just take a moment and connect to the cards by listening into the sound of them being shuffled. Just trusting that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this episode. You're going to get exactly what you need. Even if you don't know, you needed it. All right, so here we go. The card until we meet again is the Two of Cups reversed. Oh, go on. The Two of Cups is all about falling in love. And more often than not, it's about falling in love with yourself. And the way you partner with yourself is then reflected in how you partner with other people. So we are at the very tail end of Libra season, which is all about partnering. But have you taken some time to think about how you are partnering with yourself and what aspects of yourself, what parts of yourself are really yearning for your acknowledgement, for your attention. Um, Somebody mentioned that I had said in our last episode that there are parts of your soul that you haven't met yet. And I believe that that's true. And I think the two of cups reversed is inviting you to be surprised by aspects of yourself that have yet to like fully come online. Not because they're not there, not because you don't have the capacity, but because you haven't invited them. And so I would spend this next week or two giving yourself permission, like Angel's been playing with, like, really owning his authenticity and presenting it out into the world. Like, what authentic parts of yourself have you heretofore been too afraid to express? And maybe you're just going to express it alone with yourself first, but that's going to give you the confidence that you need to then not think twice about it when you just take it out into the world. I'll just share from my own personal experience. You know, I've recently come out as a non-binary in the last year, and I'm really exploring and experimenting with my gender expression. And one of the things that I'm trying to do is just like normalize for myself, like wearing clothes that are traditionally assigned to female bodied people. So that doesn't become like such a big deal. Like I'm just like normalizing wearing a dress for myself. And then like, when I think like, what do I want to wear today? What would make me feel most comfortable? I just like put on a dress and I'll think twice about it. So for you, what aspects of yourself do you need to normalize so that you cannot think twice about expressing them out into the world? And I really think that's the two of cups reversed.
0: Exciting. I feel like that's actually been like so much the message for me of this like tail end of Libra season is really like finding ways to reach within and connect with yourself, partner with yourself essentially. So, and and it's like such a preparation for Scorpio season.
1: Yeah. You got to love yourself harder, love yourself deeper, love yourself more completely, more unconditionally. You can do it.
0: Yes.
1: Until we meet again we think you know where to find us by now on instagram at the spiritual gaze on twitter at spiritual gaze you can go to our website thespiritualgaze.com maybe you'll join us for our breath work which is happening on the venus sun conjunction that very last day of libra it's gonna be pretty magical mm-hmm. maybe we'll see you at kripalu for our retreat oh my god or maybe
0: we'll just see
1: you on the astral plane
0: yes yeah you can always find out um if you sign up for our, our uh, newsletter on the uh, first page of our website. That's the best way to keep up with us and find out all of our offerings and when they're coming up.
1: Until next time, this has been your transit through
0: the spiritual game.